0: Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff, only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk? Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well... Now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly junk refund show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host, Alan J. Cook.
1: That is uh, the voice, the golden voice of Don Newsom, who uh, has done radio himself. He has a twin brother. He and his brother, Doug, founded BBSradio.com, BBS Radio and BBS TV. And the program goes not throughout just the United States, but a bunch of countries around the world. It's available online, etc. And welcome to the Junk Refund Show. I am coming to you live from ames iowa that's a-m-e-s iowa where i am telling you there are like a billion corn stalks out here and everywhere you look there is corn growing and getting ready to be harvested it is it is a corn lover's paradise i am pulled over in a little uh, frontage road right next to ames storage and right just a little bit away from Mike's Minis, where I, who is a scrap metal buyer, where I just, in like lightning speed, emptied a pickup truck of metal about five minutes before the show started so I could get on and do this radio show with one of my great friends who is one of the top realtors in the Washington, D.C. area. She is our guest today. Her name is Karen Rawlings, and I am thrilled to have her with us. Karen, can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Yeah, you sound great. You sound crystal clear, even okay. though we're halfway across the country from each other. So, how's your day going? You having a good day? We're having a great day. Good. Well, that's that's a good way to that's a good way to answer that question. And I can tell you genuinely are having a great day. So that's awesome. Um, Karen is with EXP Realty. I have worked with her for at least fifteen years and maybe twenty years. She is a total pro. And she's going to tell you a little bit throughout this program about how she does what she does and et cetera um, in a top-notch manner. But I'm thrilled to have her on the show where we talk all things real estate and every once in a while throw in a few thoughts about corn from Ames, Iowa. So anyway, we're having a lot of of fun here. Thanks for being on the show. if you email us at junkrefund at gmail.com during the show, we will give you one of our radio vouchers for $79 for a pickup truck load of stuff, which is usually 229 We do that just during the show as a special deal for people that are listening to the show, etc. So email us at junkrefund at gmail.com. We'll respond back to you, give you a link. You can buy one of our radio show vouchers. So, Karen, here's what I did. I have written down here 22 different questions that I don't think we have time to get to all of them, and there's no rush or anything here, but I want you to just, for fun, just pick a number between 1 and 22, and we're going to start with whatever question you pick. Seven. That is my lucky number. No, it's mine. All right, here we go. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Cool. Cool. We were meant to be, I think, Karen. I think we're meant to be.
2: All
1: right, here we go. Question number seven. I'm not making this up. What are some of the common mistakes people tend to make when they get ready to sell their home?
2: They pick the wrong agent or they pick a real estate agent who has the lowest commission rather than the real estate agent who has the best marketing program.
1: That's a great answer, which obviously leads me to the next question of, Tell us about your marketing program, because I know you're really good at this. Tell us a little bit about you and your team and your marketing approach.
2: So we have one for buyers and one for sellers. So I will go over the seller one. So okay. when, you're se- when you're selling a property, there, it, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, it's your largest, usually for most Americans, it's your single largest investment. So okay. you don't want to just go with somebody who's uh, brand new unless they're on a team and they've got a team leader who's experienced. You want to go with somebody who has experience. So it's, it's not just about the pricing of the home, which is very important, um, but it's also about the marketing. It's about the location of the property and, and who your audience is. And it's how to get the most eyeballs on your property. Because the more people that come to see your property, the more likely it is going to be to sell. So you want somebody who's going to be getting the word out that you have an amazing property on the market and people need to come see it. You need to create a buzz, get lots of activity in that property so that people get in a bidding war and you maximize the money that you can make on it.
1: How how do you go about determining, you and your team, determining what the, the best price is for any given property? Oh, that's a great question. So,
2: the first thing we do is we pull up what's called the tax record on the property, which shows you what the county thinks the tax value is. And in our marketing area, so I'm in the DMB, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia. So, if you look at our tax assessments, they're usually low. So, if I pull up a property and the tax assessment is 500, I know that the property is probably going to be worth more than 500. Um, the second thing we do... You're to- is and you're of- talking
1: thousands, right? You're talking thousands? You 500000 500, right? Yeah, yeah $500,000. Okay.
2: Okay. All right,
1: so, go ahead. Um, yep.
2: The second thing we do is one of my research assistants, they pull up the websites that give values of their estimated value. And those are uh, Redfin, Realtor.com, one called RVM, EXP, um, and Zillow. Those are the of the ones that we use. There's many of them. So okay. they give you a value. So for example, the property that I went on a listing appointment yesterday, the value of those websites were in the high 300s, like three, 380,000 up to about right. 410,000. So the tax value from the tax record came in at 265. So I knew that it was going to be more than 265. And then those website estimates tell me that it's probably going to be in the 300s, but if it's a really wonderful property with updates, it could be as high as 410. That just gives you a range. So I know I'm not going to be going on a million-dollar listing, and I know it's not going to be 200,000. And then the next thing we do is we pull all of the comparable sales from that neighborhood or if there's not enough in that neighborhood from similar neighborhoods, and we try to stay within one mile. Every once in a while, we have to go outside of that. Like I just did a farm in Frederick County, and we had to go 10 miles out, which appraisers don't like to do, but there's not that many farmettes that are just hanging around. If it's a cookie cutter house in Rockville, Maryland, for example, those are easier to do because you pull them up by square footage. So if your subject property is 1,300 square feet, we usually go 20% below 20% 20% above, and we would pull houses with similar square footage. But we wouldn't go, you know, 50 over. You want to stay in that 20% range.
1: Right. How often do you run into people who, because they've lived in the home for 20 years and they have all these great memories, they think it's a $750,000 home, and all your research and everything says this is a $600,000 home. How often do you run into people that kind of expect you are hoping you're going to get them an unrealistic
2: price? I want to say probably half the time, and that's just throwing a statistic out. About half the time I think sellers are very realistic and they're checking out what other homes are selling for. And half the time they think their house is a castle, and it's really not. It's just a detached cottage. And so we have to sort of bring them back to reality and say, while you have a beautiful home, and it's worth $1.2 million. it's not worth $1.4 because it's 20 years older than the comparable that you're sharing with me. They so have to sort of educate them, and they're not doing this every day like we are. So right. it's sort of like when I go to my doctor and he tells me I need to do this, this, and this. Well, I really don't want to hear it, but I have to listen. So some but of you have well, to listen,
1: yeah.
2: You have to listen, and sometimes they price them too high. My sister has a great slogan. She's been in business with me for 35 years. Her name is Sherry. And um, she says, price it right, watch them fight. Price it high, watch it die. So
0: if we price it
2: just a little under market, you might get five people that like it, and then they get into a bidding war. But if you price it a little over, some of those buyers are going to come in and say, oh, well, you know, I could afford it, but then I don't have any money to replace the carpet, so let's pass and keep looking. We don't want them to pass and keep looking. We want them to put in an offer, and then we drive the price up.
1: That's awesome. Tell me, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's go back to what I started with. Pick another number between 1 and 22. Nine. Okay. It says, question eight talks about you help people sell their home. Question nine says, I believe you also represent buyers in trying to find a home. Is that correct? That is. Tell us a little bit about what you do in that on that side of the transaction.
2: Okay. Buyers are definitely a completely different career or skill set. And sellers, for example, when you list their house, the house isn't going to go anywhere. You have a valid listing agreement. So you can actually go away for a weekend or, or take a minute off or go out to dinner. But when you're working with buyers, Houses are coming on the market, and they're not stationary. A house might be over here, over there, coming on Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday morning. So whenever I do a buyer, I deal with a partner. So right now I'm partnering with an agent in my office, Kevin, on one. I'm partnering with my daughter, Maggie, on one, because there's no way that you can service, in my opinion, you can service a buyer if you're an individual agent. You really need to have boots on the ground, very much more involvement with contacting people. So one of our buyers right now, we're having a really hard time finding them a house. So we are checking courthouse auctions, which most agents don't do. We're mailing out postcards to the neighborhoods that they're interested in. We're knocking on doors, which I don't recommend that people knock on doors in every area, but there's some neighborhoods where you can do that um, to get the leads. We're calling other agents. Uh, We've been known to write contracts on properties that are not listed yet we've also had our clients go on facebook and instagram and say that they need a house so that a for sale by owner will snap them up and we have an arrangement where our buyers will still pay us a commission no matter what house we find but for a buyer we're doing a dozen different things than we would ever do for a seller with our sellers, we're doing a dozen different things that we would never do for our buyers. So they're two completely different um, action items that we do. It's, it's, it's fun, but I always need a second person with me for a buyer.
1: How, how big is your team? T- tell us a little bit more about your team.
2: That's a good question. So when I moved over to EXP three years ago, we had a team of about 10. And so now we have a team of about 40. So we're expanding into the whole D.C. metro. I've got agents in Frederick County. I know you're out there in Iowa, but um, the DMV is city people, and then you go 10 miles outside the city, and you have cornfields, farmlands, and cows. So I have different agents who are doing different, different things. So 40 on my team and probably 80 in my group, and we extend from D.C., downtown to Baltimore City, um, to the farmlands in Frederick County, Carroll County, the Eastern Shore. So we're sort of all over. If you look at the map, if you put a pin on Washington, D.C., and you go out 50 miles, that's where we are. And I have an agent in each of those sections. So yesterday we ratified a contract in Dorchester County, which was exciting. And that's up north of Annapolis. And then a few weeks ago I sold one in downtown DC, a row house for like 1.3 million and tomorrow I'm listing a house in Baltimore City, you know, for 100,000. So we do the whole DC metro area and I've got this amazing diverse team of agents that does a little bit of everything.
1: Beautiful. Well, congratulations. That's a great story. That's it's a wonderful fun. story. Well, it sounds. I I know it's fun because you're always an upbeat person. Whenever I get involved and help you out with something, or help one of your agents, or something, or one of your team members, Um, tell everybody how long you've been in the real estate business.
2: Do I have to?
1: No. (laughs) Or you can just lie. You can lie about it. I don't care. You
2: can lie about it. So I bought my first house in 1979, and I did not have a license then. I was 20. I think I was 20. Bought my first house, and the agent knew so little about what he was doing that I stumbled through the entire process. And the night before settlement, he called me and said, you need $2,000 for closing costs. And I said, what are those? And he goes, just bring $2,000. I'm not sure. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? So I called my mother, and I said, Mom, I need $2,000 for closing costs tomorrow. What are those? And she went down the thing, and she was like, transfer taxes, survey, legal fees. What are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to buy a house. And she said, oh, well, you should know more about what you're doing if you're going to do that. I said, okay, well, I have to close tomorrow. So I did. But he never told me I needed a a home inspection. This was before the days of radon tests and lead tests and all the tests that we have now. But I thought, if this guy got paid a fat commission for doing nothing, I could probably earn more money if I did something. So I got my license, and then... In 1985, I opened up my own brokerage when my kids were little, and then um, I sold that, and I went to work for um, Remax for about 13 years, and then Berkshire Hathaway, and then I landed at my final company, which I absolutely love, EXP Realty. So about 40, 40-some years.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're obviously still going strong, and you're having a great time, which I think is, is fabulous. One of the many things you do really well is your marketing monthly mailer or your newsletter. Could you just tell everybody a little bit about that?
2: Sure. That was actually the uh, one marketing idea that sort of put us on the map. So when my sister and I moved from a town called Silver Spring to a town called Olney, we didn't know anybody. I moved out here, and I was like, okay, I've never really heard of this place, but it's really nice. Um, and there's some real estate agents that are really good, and nobody knows who Karen Rawlings is. So we started doing a marketing piece, and what was interesting is I decided that I was sending business to my junk guy, Alan, my attorney, my termite guy, my home inspector, my electrician, my plumber. You get the picture. I'm sending all of these service providers business every month over and over again. And finally one day I said, well, that's not really smart. If I'm going to scratch their back, they need to scratch mine. So I called each and every one of them, and I said, hey, guys, we're going to put together a newsletter. We're going to mail it to the marketing area that we live in, and I'd like you to be an advertiser in our newsletter. So everybody pays like 100 bucks. It's a subscription, and they just pay it, and we mail out the newsletter, and my clients love it. Because it's sort of—I'm sure you've heard of Angie's List to um, change their name to Angie. So we have Karen's List, and it's all of the service providers that do business with me. So people stick it on their refrigerator if they need a plumber. You know, they call my plumber. If they need a termite guy, they call my termite guy. So that's what put us on the map. And I think right now in the DMV, out of 10,000 agents, I think our little team is about number 50. Um, so we're wow. we're a force, and we're having fun, and we're growing every day, and it's just it's fun. And my um, it started out as a family business. It was my sister Sherry, my cousin Kathy, my daughter Maggie, my son Jeremy, my son in law Tony, my niece Jessica, my nephew Brian. And if I forgot anybody, please don't be offended. Did I say cousin? Kathy? And, the fa- and the family and,
1: and the family dog. Yeah, just keep going. And You're the family
2: great. dog. <laughs> yeah, and and then the right. grand boys are the grandbabies are in the ads because they're cute. Nobody wants to look at some <laughs> sixty-year-old. They want to look at the babies because they're funny and cute. And then we started yeah, exactly. bringing. Yeah. So then we started bringing on our friends. So now we're like now we're like a family and friends business. So it's 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 a lot of fun. And that's why we've been growing so fast. And eventually. Hopefully, um, my children will take it over if I ever get tired of it. But someone yeah. said to me one time, if you love what you do, it's not really like it's work because it's fun. So right. that's that's what right. we're doing. Like my cousin, Kathy, she's a little younger than me, and um, she just decided she was going to pack it in and move to Delaware. So now she's selling houses in Delaware. She's near Fenwick and Selbyville. And right next to that is Ocean City, and my son Jeremy likes Ocean City, so Kathy and Jeremy do Ocean City. And I go down there, too, sometimes if they let me off for work. So it's, it's fun. So it's, a, it's an extended family business.
1: That's awesome. That's a, that's a great story. And we're, I'm talking to Karen Rawlings, a very good friend of mine with EXP Realty in Olney, Maryland. That's O-L-N-E-Y, Maryland. She does the entire D.C. metro area. We're going to take a break for just a minute here and uh, come back in about a minute. We're going to pick up and keep talking to Karen. She's one of the best realtors in Washington, D.C., and this is a very good friend of mine. We're having a lot of fun talking about all things real estate. So you're listening to the Junk Refund Show on BBS Radio. We'll be back with you after just a short break.
0: Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life.
1: Thank you. We're back with a junk refund show. This is Alan Cook and my guest, a very good friend Karen Rawlings of EXP Realty in Olney, Maryland. We are having a, a lot of fun just talking about all different kinds of uh, aspects about real estate. We were just talking about her marketing newsletter. Karen, I was gonna ask you how many and and if I ask you a question and you don't wanna tell me because you wanna kind of, you know, protect your business and for competitive reasons and that kind of stuff, I understand. How big is the distribution on your your newsletter? That's a good question, too. So first of all, I share
2: all of my secrets with anybody. I don't care. You can be from any real estate company, any area. I love teaching and training, and that's one of the things that we do um, in-house is we do a lot of training. But we have different marketing areas. So in the only Silver Spring, Rockville area that we're over here in, I would say that's about 15,000 homes. And then we also have a second marketing campaign that goes to about 20,000 homes, and we do a lot of, let me rephrase that, I, because I'm older, I do a lot of print media advertising because I believe there's a certain part of the population that still opens their mailboxes every day. Now, my son, who's in his 20s, I don't even think he has a mailbox. I think it got knocked down. (laughs) But he (laughs) does everything. (laughs) I think his pickup truck knocked over the mailbox, and that was that. But my um, the young folks in my office, the twenties and the thirty somethings, they put our ads on social media. So we're on Instagram and Facebook and Datagram and all those fun places that the younger people go to look at. Um, So we're print and social media. And then, like for example, I do marketing in a project that's about, oh, 10 minutes from my office called Leisure World. And it's an over-55 community. So in that community, we're big in print because the clientele is a bit older. So it depends on where we're marketing. But we're probably marketing print, I would say, with our other zip codes that we're doing 20,000 homes.
1: Does it go out monthly?
2: Yes. So our campaign is we do... 10 newsletters per year, and then two months out of the year, we do a different campaign. So, for example, um, in August, we did this community event called National Night Out. So we had brochures that had all of our service providers on it. So for that month, we wouldn't do a newsletter. We would combine the August, September into one newsletter. And then in December, we do sort of an end-of-the-year thing rather than newsletter newsletter. And then in the springtime, we do the only days um, parade and events in the park, so we pass information out there. So we're trying to get our service providers out there so that they send us business and we send them business.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. You you mentioned for a little while you were with Berkshire Hathaway Realty, which is a Warren Buffett company. I'm a, a big fan of his. and. He is 92 years old. Going back to your comment about, you know, I'm not sure how much, how long you'll be doing this, but you're going to do it as long as you're having fun. That guy is 92 years old and drives five minutes into the office every day still. His partner is Charlie Munger, an attorney out of California who was also originally from Omaha. Charlie is 98. And those guys (laughs) are still going to work every day, just having a blast, and they just, are terrific guys. So that to me, as a kind of a junk removal guy who loves what he does and has fun doing it, I just kind of go, now that's my kind of retirement program. I mean, those guys are just having a blast. I've got to throw in real quick, just to to kind of share a story with everybody. I used to be a stockbroker for the first 10 years of my career. And, I I wish on day one of the training program they would come in and say, here are the five best investment people in the world, and you should teach people how to do it like they do. But they don't do that. It's all about their products and what they want to sell and making sure you know about all the products the brokerage firm. Well, I latched on to Warren Buffett many years ago because I found out about him and started reading his newsletters and stuff. Here is just a little quick story for you for just the, the, the population that's listening about what life really should be like in my opinion. I read a few years ago, seven or eight years ago, that his wife every morning puts $2.87 in his car so that on his way to work, Warren stops at the McDonald's, buys a sausage egg McMuffin for the exact amount of, you know, $2.87, and that's what he has for breakfast on his way to work. And I read that and I thought, now this guy is a multi-billionaire with his own corporate jet. Everybody knows who he is. And if he goes to an ATM and he takes out $40 and you know how it tells you on the the receipt how much your balance is, if his corporate cash balance was listed on that receipt, it would be somewhere around $115 billion, right? But his wife is putting $2.87 in his car every morning. So I read that, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do for Christmas? Because I like to to send out Christmas cards and stuff. I thought, I'm going to give his wife a day off. And so I wrote a a handwritten Christmas card. I sent it to Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha, Nebraska, and I basically said, Dear Warren, I've been reading your letters to your shareholders for many years. Thank you for all of your advice. I want to give your wife the day off, enclosed as $3, to use at McDonald's whenever you'd like to, to give her the day off. Merry Christmas, Alan Cook. Two weeks later, I get a letter <laughs> back from Berkshire Hathaway Corporate Headquarters in Omaha, Nebraska. And Warren says, Warren, and this is one of those official typed out letters, Dear Alan, thank you for the $3 that you sent me for Christmas, which I spent this morning at McDonald's. And then he made a brilliant statement, and he said, it was so kind of you to remember me now that statement hit me like a ton of bricks because it taught me that even the richest people in the world love to be remembered yeah and even if it's only for three bucks right i have sent warren three dollars every christmas ever since then and (laughs) warren gets 300 letters a day yeah he gets 300 letters a day and what we do now is instead of having his secretary type out the letter, he'll, he, he does a handwritten note to me, you know. And a few years into this, and we'll get back to real estate in just a second, Karen, but a few years into this, I thought, I, I, I think I bought some, I think I bought Southwest Airlines at some price and sold it later that year for like triple and some, something. And so I put in there to his letter on his Christmas card, I said, hey, Warren, I had kind of a bumper year, you know, bumper crop this year. So I've decided to expand this, enclose this six dollars, so you can give three of it to your wife to send her on a shopping spree. And I said oh, knowing good. that she's married to you yeah, I said knowing that she's married to you, I expect that she'll probably be able to buy ten dollars worth of stuff for this three bucks. Your friend Alan, send it off. Two weeks later, I get a, a note back from Berkshire Hathaway. Dear Alan, thank you so much for the six dollars. We really needed it this year. He said, <laughs> don't worry about my wife's shopping ability. She's even cheaper than I am. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, Warren Buffett. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh, that's so funny. Anyway, good for you for continuing to work and for having fun. And the, the statement that you kind of referred to that's talked about, you know, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? You just, you yeah. just have a great time. All right, so back to real estate, let's talk about first time home buyers. What are some of the things first time home buyers should be aware of or should do to increase their chances of getting their first home?
2: So first time home buyers right now they are struggling because there's very little inventory and it's very competitive so there's a lot of multiple multiple bidding going on, which makes it very difficult. but The first thing that I recommend a buyer do is sit down with a realtor like me and go through where do you think you're going to be in five years because you don't want to be buying something for today. You want to be thinking about where are you going to be in five years. So one of my couples is only going to be here in the D.C. metro area for five years, and then they're leaving. So you want to go with a property in that case that's going to be very saleable. So closer to the city is going to be a good a good one for them. And they're not going to care about schools yet because they don't have any children. So you want to sit down with your buyers and explain to them all the different types of financing. Right now we have some excellent programs in the DMV. I'll give you one example. Maryland, the state of Maryland, will pay up to $50,000 of your student loans off if you purchase wow. a home under under the program. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So my nephew bought a house, and they paid off $27,000 of his student loans. So that made a big dent in his monthly payments because his, his well, yeah. student loans were gone. So he could buy a more affordable house than he would have been able to if he kept the student loans. So that's a fabulous program. We also have some grant programs where they'll give you, I call it free money, Um, and anytime you can get free money, that's a good thing, and then there's first-time buyer, lower interest rate loans, lower down payments, there's grants, so there's a lot of really good programs for first-time buyers. If a buyer's only going to be in the house for five years, they don't need to do a 30-year fixed rate loan in some cases. If they don't think they're going to hang on to that property forever, it might be better for them to be in a 5-1 loan, so it starts at a lower rate, and then it can go up at a later date. So the adjustable rate mortgages went out the window when the interest rates fell down so far, but now they're back, and so you want somebody who's experienced that can, can explain to you how an adjustable rate mortgage works, and that they get you into one that's safe. They don't get you into one that's dangerous. I did a dangerous loan one time. I didn't do it. I was at the settlement table and watched it being done, but it was a loan that started out at a very, very low interest rate with negative amortization, so the buyer's payment was $980 for the first year. When it did what it did in the third year, they were paying close to $5,000 a month. So you want somebody who's going to be watching your back and explaining to you exactly how it works, and it's not going to put you into a house that you cannot afford.
1: That's that's great information. In in your experience as a realtor, speaking of interest rates, what's the highest interest rate you've seen for home financing, and what's the lowest interest rate you've seen?
2: Um, I think the highest interest rate was a house that I closed on, and the APR was sixteen percent. Wow! So that was that was in the eighties, and I think the lowest rate that I saw was two and a half percent, I can't remember which buyer it was, but two and a half percent fixed for 30 years. I was like, what? So, um, yeah, those were the days. But I tell buyers, you know, the interest rates are hovering around seven. Seven's really good. And what you really want to focus on when you sit down with your agent is break the payment down. So you've got principal, interest, taxes, insurance. So I'll use one of my clients as an example. He financed four hundred thousand at three percent. I financed eighty thousand in nineteen eighty something at sixteen percent. My interest payment was about a thousand sixty and his interest payment was about a thousand sixty.
1: Wow.
2: Isn't that phenomenal? Eighty thousand versus four hundred. But I had $8 a month going towards my principal, and he had $500 a month going towards his principal. And what that means is that each month when you send in your mortgage payment, $500 reduces that mortgage balance every month. So that's what you want to look at. Homeownership, even though the payment looks a little scary right now, the house should appreciate a little bit every year. And your principal balance should go down a little bit every year. So you should be paying less as a homeowner than you would be paying if you were just renting the house. So it's important to get into a house as quickly as you can. Um, With that said, another fabulous program that buyers can do is a shared equity program. So let's say you're a young first-time home buyer and you want to buy a house, and your parents have a lot of equity in their house, but they don't want to give you money, you can do a shared equity with your parent. So the parent would give you the money, you would make the payments, you would sign a contract that you're going to keep the house for X years. When you buy your parents out, you give them a return on their investment so that they're not just giving you money, but you have skin in the game and you're the one that's making the payment. And that's what people should be doing now if they don't have any money is calling mom and dad and saying, hey, I heard about this shared equity program.
1: I'd like you to help me. Great point. That's a great point. And speaking of the D.C. area, I, I've i lived there 34 years. Can you give us just an update on what's happening in the housing market currently in the D.C. area? Just well, the, an prices overall
2: can, yeah, the prices continue to go up um, across the board. And, my price range is where i work is anywhere from like 200 up to 2 million is about my range and that's a pretty broad range and all of those homes are appreciating so this week we did not get the winning bid on a condo that was listed for 350 or 330 or something we went 20 over did not get it um, I had a house in Northwest Washington that I listed for 1.2. It went for 1.35. So we're still seeing when houses come on the market, we're getting in bidding wars and then I've got my poor buyer that we show houses to every day. And unfortunately, we're just not getting we're not getting the bids, but we will, we will. Um, we just keep keep making offers. And one of his problems is he, he's a veteran. And veterans can buy houses with no money down. And some of the there real estate agents... Yeah, it's, it's a great program, but some of the real estate agents that are not as educated or not as savvy don't realize that a VA buyer is just as good as a conventional buyer or even a cash buyer because if they've got great credit, great jobs, just because they're not putting any money down doesn't mean that they're not fabulous buyers. I would take a veteran buyer over most other buyers any day because they're usually rock solid, and they've served. They're veterans. So let's get them to Yeah,
1: good point. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. What do you enjoy most about your job?
2: Hmm, what do I enjoy most? I think I would have to say the top three things that are all tied for first place are probably – Probably winning the deal, you know, when you're in a negotiations with a house and you're the listing agent yeah. or the buyer's agent, is coming up with a strategy that's going to win the day. So I just, I like the, I sort of like that part of it. Um, and then I would say getting a, a buyer a home is so rewarding when you finally find that home and you get them through the process and they become homeowners. It's it's an incredible feeling because I think real estate is the – your own home is the best investment that you can make, and I, th- I think everybody should, you know, try to buy a home, and I think all parents should try to buy their kids' homes. Not buy them the home, but help them buy the home because I think that's hugely important. I think it's more important to help your child buy a home than pay for their college tuition because your home, if you pay it off in 30 years, you've got a roof over your head, and – um. I think that's important. And then um, I really enjoy sellers when they need to move to they've had a house for 30 years and they need to go to the next place, but they're not really quite sure where they want to go. So I had one lady say, well, I've got kids in Florida and I've got kids in Silver Spring. What do I do? I said, well, you buy a house in Florida and you buy one at Leisure World, and then you can go back and forth. So I like to help people solve complex problems, and downsizing is a complex problem, um, and I'm really good at that. So I would say those are, those are the things I really, really enjoy. And then the last thing, I know I said there was three, is teaching um, agents how to do what I do. So bringing somebody who's new or maybe hasn't sold as many homes as I have, showing them how to do the real estate business is, is really fun and enjoyable.
1: That's awesome. That's a great answer. That's that's the kind of answer that like you would you would expect that I threw that question at you a week ago and you worked on it and wrote it all out and that you it was the perfect answer to the question I asked you and you had no idea I was going to throw that question at you. That's how good that's she is, true. folks. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> this lady's really good. <laughs> and so it's anyway, fun. To, it is, and I can tell that you have fun doing it. We'll be back uh, in just a moment. We're going to take one more break here. We're going to come back and talk some more with Karen Rawlings of EXP Realty in Olney, Maryland, one of the best real estate agents in the Washington, D.C. area. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show on BBS Radio. We'll be back in just a second.
0: Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies then wondered what they did with the stuff? especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life.
1: You're back on the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. This is your host, Alan Cook, talking with my good friend Karen Rawlings, who is one of the top realtors in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, has been in the real estate business for, let's just say, a decent amount of time, and she knows her stuff, and she has a a growing team all throughout the, the, the district, Maryland and Virginia area. We call it the DMV area. Going back to what you said, Karen, about how you're expanding and how much fun you're having, do you have some plans or some thoughts about how you're going to grow your business, let's say, in the next five years?
2: Oh, sure. So um, the company I'm with now, EXP, it's one company, so it's not a franchise, um, and I am not a broker or the owner of the company. But because of the way it's set up, I can bring people in And it's almost as if it were my own company. So that's why I have 80 agents in my group, and I can grow it nationally. So we're in all 50 states, and we're also in 22 countries. So that's the company EXP. I'm not in 22 countries. I'm just here in Maryland, D.C., Virginia, but I'm growing, and I've got an agent, as I mentioned earlier, in Delaware, and... As we grow, we can bring on groups and we can bring on teams, which is really a lot of fun. And then I like teaching, I like training, I like showing people this is a great business for anyone. And one of the things that I really enjoy is when somebody comes to me and they say, I think I want to sell real estate, I sit down with them and go over what their goals are and how to get them to where they want to go. So, for example, my cousin she came to me about 10 years ago, and she said, I'm, I've been with um, this corporate company for years and years, and things are changing, and I need to I need to move on. Can I sell real estate? And I said, absolutely. I said, I will teach and train you how to do it. And there's a project down the road, Leisure World, Over 55 Community, fabulous. I'm going to teach you how to do that because she was in that same age group, and it's worked out great. Now, my son, who is 22, no, I think he was 20 when he got his license. I would not put him at Leisure World because he's in his 20s. I think he would do better working over here in foreclosures, bank-owned properties, auctions. So my son Jeremy goes to the courthouse auctions. He does flips. He does bank-owned and does estate. So I wouldn't put him down with the Leisure World crowd because he's moving at the speed of Jeremy. So there's something for everybody to do. Some of my agents want to sell 30 houses a year. I show them how to do that. Some of my agents want to sell five houses a year. They want to do it as a part-time venture in addition to their teaching career, if you will. So that's where I want to go. And right now on my team, I have agents that speak 12 different languages. So Beautiful. that's pretty cool. Yeah, because now I can say I don't personally speak that language, but my friend Delilah does. So they can work with in a different group of people. So it's expanding all of what we're doing, which makes it even more fun.
1: That's a, that's a great thing. I got on a flight one time. I think it was on Frontier Airlines, and they made an announcement at the beginning, and this young uh, flight attendant gets on the, the PA system, and he basically says, folks, I just want you to know that on this flight we speak English, Russian, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, German, and French. So if any of you need any of those, any help with any of those languages, just let me know. That was one guy spoke those languages. Wow. And I went, how in the world do you do that? <laughs> yeah,
2: yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It, it is. That's good for you and your team. You told us a little bit earlier about your, the mailing that you do, you know, 15,000 in one area, 20,000 in another area. If there are people listening to the show or who will hear this on a podcast that are in your area and want to contact you or get on the mailing list, and just start, kind of get Karen Rawlings into their world, what's the best way to do that?
2: I would just go to my website, so it's karen321.com. So it's karen, K-A-R-E-N, com.
1: And and everything they need will be right there, and, and off they go.
2: Yes, what, and then they can the tell most... what they're looking for.
1: Okay. Tell me in your career, what's the most expensive home you've ever sold and what's the most inexpensive home you've ever sold? Just the price range.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, The most inexpensive home was in Baltimore City, and it was under $10,000 or around $10,000. The most expensive one I've ever done I would say a single family home in Potomac, Maryland. it was probably two point two at the time, and then I did a i bought twenty eight townhouses in Silver Spring in like two thousand or two thousand four and we converted those into condos and that I believe that was close to like three million Wow, yeah that was fun. wow
1: somebody went somebody went in and just bought a group of them and then converted them. Is that the idea. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah,
2: it was fun. It was fun. So I've I've probably flipped 200 homes in my career, and I've got a friend who's in our group, and he flips currently 100 homes a year. So if you're a listener and you want to learn how to do flipping properties, doing courthouse auctions, doing a newsletter – just go to my website and tell me what it is you're interested in, and I can send you the newsletters that we do. I can send you information on how to purchase a home at the courthouse step because we do a lot of things like that that are fun and different.
1: And give you variety, which is the spice of life, right?
2: Exactly. So I mean, real estate it, it has something for everyone. Some people only want to flip houses. One of my best friends, that's all he does. He works for REMAX and he only flips houses. That's it. But he refers me business if he has, like, general brokerage. And I've got some part-time people on my team and in my group who are phenomenal. I've got a police officer who's amazing. And he sells a lot of real estate, but he also buys a lot of investment property. So I'm a big advocate of when you buy your first home, keep it. When you buy your second home, great, but keep that first home. So my sister and I bought a house I guess 30 some years ago and we still have it so that's going to be part of our retirement account
1: if we ever retire (laughs) nice which which going with the energy that you're that you're you know showing us I doubt you're going to retire but hey I think it's I think the energy that you have is just is marvelous um here's a little bit of a personal question you should be in your spare time, if you, you do, I know you don't have time to do this, but you should be the mayor of Olney, Maryland, because you, are, you love that town so much. You just love that area so much. Do you want to just tell everybody why you like Olney so much and what makes it such a cool place? Oh, sure.
2: Okay, so for the listeners of you who are older and you've heard of Mayberry, when I was a kid we watched a TV show and the town was Mayberry, and yes. only only Maryland feels like that. So we're we've been written up as in certain publications as being the seventeenth um, nicest place per capita income to live. We've been written up as being top twenty-five places to live in the nation. There's about thirty thousand people in this only area. So it's about fifteen miles outside of Washington D.C. It's located, if you're in the heart of Washington or the heart of Baltimore, it takes about the same amount of time to get to Olney. And it's just a fun little place. There's neighborhoods that are in the 200s, 300s, the condos and little townhomes, and then they go up to four to five, all the way up to several million dollars. And we have little farms and houses that are on acreage. Um, When I walk in the morning, um, I live in this cute little townhouse, and I walk down the street and there's a horse farm on my left with this big lake. And then I go Beautiful. around, and we have a hospital. We have a hospital in our own town, which is amazing, because when I was raising my kids, they were always breaking things or had to go to the hospital for this and that. I think I went to the emergency room nine times one year. Um, oh, so geez. it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. <laughs> they, were, they were all in sports. So it was like, oh, I did this, I did that. Um, one of them had to have their appendix removed, and one of them just their knee out, whatever. Anyway, um, kids are kids, but having a hospital right smack in the middle of your hometown is amazing. And we have Big. great schools, both public and private. We have four elementary schools. Um, our high schools are Magruder, Blake, and Sherwood. All three of them are phenomenal. And um, it's, just, it's a cool place to live. But you can be in downtown Washington in 40 minutes if there's a lot of traffic. We're near the metro. We've got three airports, so it's it's a sleepy little town that's awesome and suburban, but you're really close to these big cities. So that's why we're which here. is
1: the best of both worlds. Yes, yes, it is. I agree with you. Yeah, especially on the three airports thing. That's a that's a big deal. in In the real estate market, in the last, I'm just going to say, couple of years, interest rates have been going up. Correct. And yes. And and sometimes when interest rates are going up, you run into people who say, I want to wait, you know, maybe the interest rates just popped a quarter of a point, and so the payment just went up a little bit, or maybe went up a lot, I don't know. What do you say to people who are always saying, well, I just want to wait, I just, you know, rates may turn around and come back down, blah, blah, blah. What do you say to those people who are kind of waiting for something else to happen before they move forward? with their transaction when, in fact, they have no control over that factor that they're, that they're waiting for.
2: I say to them, come into the office and let me sit down and show you how these payments would work. If you're nervous about the interest rate coming down and you missed that, now you're at a higher interest rate, let's talk about a 2-1 buy-down where the seller can buy your rate down so it's going to make your payments more affordable for the first two years. And I'll show you how that principal payment is going to be going down each month so that if the rates do take a point or a two-point drop, you can refinance the property, and some of the lenders are offering no-cost refinances. Then you have the best of both worlds. So why don't we come into the office, and I'll show you how that works.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. You kind of mentioned this before, but I want to hit it once again because you have Such a great team of people there. What are some of the services that you and your team provide to your clients that an individual realtor may not be able to do by themselves?
2: Because we're on a team, you have somebody that can back you up. So if you're a buyer and you're looking for a house, these houses come on the market and they're gone in one day. So if I'm over here at a settlement and my buyer wants to see this house and get an offer in by 5 o'clock, There's nobody there to do that because the individual agent's over there. So that's why we have a team. So this past Sunday, I wrote an offer for a client. I got my old-fashioned car, and I drove down to the open house, and I handed it to the agent. I said, here's my offer. Let's take it. It's a slam dunk, and they did. So I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't on a team because I had one person helping me write the offer, one person helping me show the house, another person covering me over here, so
1: we got everything done. It was like boom boom boom. Beautiful. And that works in your client's best interest as opposed to one person trying to get all that done, right? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I I know for a fact that my client who's got a contract ratified in Dorchester County yesterday – I don't think there's another agent around that I know of that would have been able to pull that off. The house was the property wasn't even on the market. And we got it. And I'm not gonna tell you how it's a trade secret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, Warren Warren Buffett would be proud of you. He when you ask him a financial question and he doesn't want to answer it, he'll ask you if the Sphinx is quiet. And you'll say funny. what? And he'll say, Is the Sphinx quiet? And you'll think for a minute and you'll go, yes, and he'll say, I'm quieter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's one that will throw a lot of stuff out there. Uh, in the last couple of minutes here on the show, I just want to give you a chance. Is there anything else that you want to – well, I'm going to ask you one last quick question and then just turn the time over to you for the last few minutes if there's anything else you want to discuss or say to the folks on the radio show. What are two or three things people should do first as a priority when they get ready to sell their home? When they get ready
2: to sell their home, we have a a nice booklet that we can send to anybody, um, whether you're an agent or a person. But it's a list of things to do with getting your house ready to sell. So you want it to look beautiful. You want the outside to look nice. You want the front door to be painted. You want it to be staged inside. It doesn't have to be super fancy. It just has to be nice. You want things to be in working order. Sometimes I recommend that the seller get a home inspection prior to listing it so they can fix all the scary things. I also advise that they get a radon test. We have radon up here where I live. On the eastern shore, they don't have radon, but that's a gas that gets stuck in the basement, can cause lung cancer. Get a radon test before you put it on the market. Get your lead paint test out of the way before you put it on the market. Termite reports so that you don't get a buyer and then they get scared and they go away. So do some pre-inspections, do some staging, price it right, and then have a big open house party. I like to have open house parties where we... Invite people, and they're fun, and you get a lot of buzz going, and you invite the neighbors. It's just a fun thing to do. That's
1: that's a great answer. I, I I have in my mind this statement that you made about you love, you know, one of the three or four main things you like about your job is that you love to win. You love to get the deal, right, get the contract. Yes. And, and I mean, that's just, that's just an adrenaline rush, and I, I think I understand that. Tiger Woods used to say that, it's all about winning the golf tournament. He used to say second place sucks and third is even worse. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and they would ask him, you know, even when he was a young guy, why are you in this tournament? And he would say, because I think I can win. And he said that throughout his whole career. You have the kind of the Tiger Woods-ish I can win attitude about your business. And I'm sure it's, it's, spread out throughout your team because you love, the, you love to win, right? And, and, and in the real estate business, representing a client, a buyer, or a seller, it's about getting that deal and basically beating the competition and providing them with service, better or maybe answers, whatever it might be, that gets you the deal. And, and that's part of life. And, and I really admire people who love to win and we'll put in the effort and the time to make that happen. We've got like 30 seconds left. Is there anything else you want to say to everybody um, of, in any any manner, anything else you want to just talk about on the show?
2: Just if anybody has any questions about buying, selling, being an agent, even if you're an agent with another company and you want to, you know, know how we do this, because I sell personally about 100 houses a year. I've sold 3,000 in my career, which is a lot of fun. Um, just, Go to, go to my website. It's karen321.com, and I'm happy to answer any of your questions. And um, one last comment. I like to win for my clients, too. I want It's about them, and I yes. want my buyer to get that house, and I want my seller to get the most money for their house when they're selling it. So I want to yes. make their day. That's, that's the fun part about
1: it. That's a great, that's a great clarification, and that's, that's a very good point. Well, you do it as well as anybody that I've known in the 34 years that I've been in Washington DC. And I just think you're, you're a terrific person. You're an outstanding realtor. You have, you're easy and fun to work with and you, you're just kind of rocking your way through life. And I think you do a great job. So a, a big thanks to Karen Rawlings from eXp Realty in only Maryland. Check out her website, which is Karen321.com. And like they say at Cape Canaveral, Karen 321 off! is what's going to happen because you get, you get connected with Karen. I'm telling you, you're headed to the moon in the right kind of house. How's that? We'll say it that way. So thanks, everybody, and thanks again to Karen. Thanks to Don for the producing the show and, and being the engineer on the show. We've enjoyed talking to you. I'm coming to you live from Ames, Iowa, where I am out here cleaning out a house until Saturday. And thanks for listening to Junk Refund Show. Have a great week. We'll be back next Thursday at three o'clock Eastern. You thanks, Alan. Junk Refund Show. You're welcome, Karen. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Okay. Bye, bye, Don. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show, the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships, your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life, plus... Call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal. Because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show. Every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BBS Radio TV.